Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Adam and Eve. Spring is in the air, but is it in your step? Is it in your bed? If you're interested in better sex starting now, go to adamandeve.com. They've got toys, lingerie, accessories, everything you need to level up your pleasure checks. And right now, Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping, which includes rush processing. That's discreet shipping, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Doesn't matter how much you spend or what you buy, all will be packaged and sent discreetly free and fast. So just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Just enter offer code PAWPAW at checkout. That's PAWPAW, P-A-W-P-A-W at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code PAWPAW to get your discount, 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Code P-A-W-P-A-W. Goodbye, sweeties. Welcome to a little segment we're calling Behind the Screens. Behind the Screens. Behind the Screens. A sneaky little peek behind the screens of RPG systems that we've yet to play. I'm kind of your host, Emily Axford. You're the full host. Joined by my (laughs) co-host... Brian Murphy. Hi. <laughs> my other co-host, Caldwell Tanner. Pleased to be what here. What am I going to be? <laughs> and <And> special my... <laughs> guest. <laughs> and the real host, Noko. Whoa. Take her with. Whoa. Damn. You should call me the Faust. The Faust. The Faust is what the most says. Okay. Today, we are actually going to be talking about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Ooh. Yes. Okay. My friends, I have spent the past week and a half immersing myself in the world of Pathfinder, the ways in which it both resonates and differs from D&D, and it was very fun. This is my favorite type of book club, by the way, which is yes. where one person reads the entire book <laughs> and just yeah. tells everyone else. That's kind of like kind when where they I don't have to do any work. Into yeah. yeah. <laughs> and thank you again for this cheese plate you prepared. You really put a lot of work into this. I, I will say this weekend, M was like, freaking Sephiroth in the Shinra mansion, just going mad, pacing <laughs> oh with books, God. walking around. So hot. I enjoyed it because it reminded me of when long ago we were asked to learn Star Wars 5e. Yeah, and I just you really dove in there. Loved that system. Star Wars 5e, shout out. I miss your pages and pages of grenades. Yes. Um, okay, so <laughs> before we start, I'm going to have to ask the patience of anyone who plays Pathfinder. I've only had the benefit of research, as Murph has noted, and not the luxury of play or experience. So I will undoubtedly get things wrong here or there. We've only begun the path. You're Be right. kind. We're finding We're the path. We're trying to find the path. Okay? Yeah. Pathfinder finders. <laughs> Ooh, another good title. <laughs> Great title. Fuck we it. can only Behind do it about Pathfinder. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm it's done out. with it. Yeah. I also need to shout out some resources I've been tapping into because the core rule book is an intimidating 637 pages. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it over there. Wow. Thanks to Rise of the Rule Lords, No Nat Ones, and the Rules Lawyer YouTube channel, my foray into this thrilling system was actually easier than I originally thought. And oh. some of those are podcasts, right? Yes. So Rise of the Rule Lords was a podcast, No Nat Ones, and the Rules Lawyer YouTube are both YouTube channels. Right. Oh. But I listened to them like podcasts because I'm a mm-hmm. woman on the go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're just, because you're pacing. I have a place like, to be. Yeah. You're just at the grocery store with your laptop. Because just... I'm cramming for an exam on Pathfinder and I still have to do dishes. <laughs> okay, so that's basically the preamble. Are we all ready? I'm ready. So ready. 
Jacob Hurwitz. Teach me. Brian Murphy. Mm -hmm. Hugh Cogwell Tanner. <laughs> Are you three ready to be inducted into the world of Pathfinder 2E? Find You're squeezing my hand really hard. <laughs> my full name, I think. I've never heard that come out of your mouth before. I will also warn you guys, this is kind of a soft pitch for some one shots in the future because oh, yeah. I really mm. enjoy mm. learning it and I'm so curious about a lot of this stuff. And obviously that would be dependent on if our audience will endure or maybe even enjoy. They're going to enjoy it. Fuck them. We'll walk this path alone. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to give you a little background on the system, but I'm going to keep it really light. I'm not going to do a history lesson. Right on. <laughs> I'm not going to do a history Sick. lesson here. If you want a history lesson, Rise of the Rule Lords does a very good history of it. But basically, Pathfinder was born as a reaction to the lukewarm reception to D&D 4E. 4E mm. came out. Pathfinder said, actually, we kind of miss 3.5E. Mm -hmm. But also we have some ideas on how to improve it. And that's when Pathfinder really became its own very unique system. First edition came out in March 2008. One of the main things that the lead designer wanted to fix was that he thought the basic classes in 3.5e were lackluster and didn't incentivize staying with a single class for 20 levels. That makes sense. Mm. So this entire system was created to make character creation and character progression more personal and more impactful. And let me tell you, it freaking works. I <laughs> like the sound of that. Character creation and leveling up is a fucking feast of feats and mm. I came hungry. Mm. Ooh, I love that because yeah, sometimes you level up and you're like, oh, what do I get next? And then it's kind of like- <laughs> 3.5 yeah, was It's a little worse. deflating. 3.5 like, was, there was times I leveled up as a paladin and it would literally just be an HP bump. And it would yeah. be nothing. Yeah. And I had to I had to do all this custom stuff of be essentially becoming a cavalier. And yeah, then at I that point, I was that. able to completely break my character and be awesome. Uh, but before that, I was uh, just leveling up and getting nothing for yeah. a long time. So, Emily, are you wow. saying that like in Pathfinder, leveling up kind of gives you the opportunity to like stick with a class, but maybe get a little bit of that like multi-classing flavor? Yes. That's when great. When I read this, I think, oh, I don't have to ever multi-class again if I play this because a lot of times I multi-class to capture a vibe. Yeah. In Pathfinder, mm -hmm. you're literally getting one to two feats every single level up. Yeah, it reminds so me it's a not lot like, of like... So it's also not like choosing a feat over... Over um, an ability, an ability score. Over like right. your, your class The ability score improvements are separate. They're happening along the way. Your skill improvements are happening along the way. Oh, that's sick. It's like a, the ultimate custom character. Yes. So it feels like skill, like skill, tree. tre skill trees in yeah. video games a little bit, where it's just like you can go down different paths oh. and make your character completely different. There's yeah. no That's better cool. feeling than when you fire up a video game and you see that big tree. You see that sphere grid yeah. Yeah. unfurl before you. Yeah. Love it. Um, I've never so seen that, but it sounds awesome. Basically, <laughs> that was the intent behind 1E. They they make it. In 2018, Pathfinder started working on second edition, which is what we're going to be talking about. And the final rule set was published in August 2019. Oh. So this is actually kind of a recent... Obviously, Pathfinder has been around forever, but this edition was only finalized in 2019. Yeah. Pretty I've, fresh. I've never played 1E, but... Uh, Second edition, the one that M has done much more research on than I have at this point, but second edition is the one I looked at, and the it, it's like very clean, like it's the character clean, building, and it's mm. like internally very consistent. Like yeah. when I'm reading through it, and I get the thought of, oh, well, maybe I could try something else. I'm like, no, this system is made to work within itself. Totally. Mm. So after a week and a half of diving for pearls in this system, <laughs> here's what I found. I've made a subjective little list of my top. <laughs> Four 
favorite differences. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you know how the number four people are drawn yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top four. It's very yeah, mystical. Top four. Uh, Letterman did them, yeah. I think. It doesn't, have the, it doesn't have the divinity of the holy three, nor does it have the neatness of the top five. Listen, we can all say it. The thumb isn't a finger. We hate it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck those hot dogs or sandwich right. thumbs thumb or is finger. The thumb kind of its own little limb, really. Yeah. The way but... it articulates, it's really in its yeah, own it's beast. On its own <laughs> Don't okay. group it in with fingers. It's better. <laughs> I love this, and I wish we could keep talking about it, but unfortunately, I do have thumb chums a, out a there. Sound off. To deliver. <laughs> okay, so I've divided into four my four favorite differences. One, character creation, a feast of feats. Two, critical success is a spectrum. I actually don't know if I'm using that word right. Whoa. Number three, the three action economy, aka an action so nice, you can do it thrice. Ooh. Oh, man. Nice. Number four, feel impartial to the marshals. Woo! <laughs> yes. I had to say I wrote just like a really dry version of it. And then last <laughs> night, right before I went to bed, I'm like, let me change these titles as if I were Jake Kurtz. She did a Jake pass. <laughs> I yeah. did a Jake that's take. Cool. You got to do a Jake yeah. take. It's, that's like a, an old trick that I had at school. Like my papers would be lackluster, but you do the binder. You do the clear cover. Yeah. You spice it all up. Everybody oh thinks God. you did a Translucent lot more binder. Can't go I wrong. came in. I made some spicy headers. Okay. <clears throat> I hope everyone is picturing Emily like on a stage wearing a pantsuit, like doing a, a keynote address. Doing my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a TED talk about an RPG system I haven't even played yet. <laughs> You're teaching us. We know even less. I'm essentially mm-hmm. pitching it to you guys. Right. Yeah. Again, to- I'm gonna get things. Yeah. Starting with number one, character creation. Okay. Both creating and leveling up your character is riddled with ways to customize. Your PC is less beholden to the subclass of the class that you choose and more juiced up with feats. We've kind of talked about this. Right. The entire time you're leveling up, you're choosing feats along the way. You're never choosing between an ability score improvement and feats. Every level, you're getting one to two ancestry, class, and or general feats. That is wild. Yeah, the amount of feats in this game is insane. If you go onto um, Archives of Nethys, Mm -hmm. that's a really good resource for exploring the Pathfinder system. And if you look up feats, there's over 3,000. Totally. And also the the feats aren't quite, if you're coming at it with a, a D&D 5e brain, which like I am, the feats aren't exactly one-to-one with, you know, like feats in D&D. It's more like the feats are what you would get in your character class stuff and everything. Like you don't get Oath of the Ancients. You're just like, I am a champion and now when I'm level one, I get to choose between these four different things. It's like at first level, you're getting kind of skill proficiencies, weapon proficiencies, extra hit points, maybe cantrips. There's even one that you get a pet hyena at first level for Very your- Wow. Uh, first believe, level hyena? Ancestry, that's, those are gnolls, that's an ancestry right? feat for a knoll. Yeah, that's great. Um, so rad. So cute. Uh, at middle level, you start to get things like you can get quickened casting. Monks get something called sleeper hold. You can get electrified armor. <laughs> At the highest levels, you're getting wings, you're getting teleportation, you're getting demon's hair Damn. that can attack people, you're getting the ability to turn into a cloud dragon. This yep. is a grocery store full of yeah. options. Kind of like choosing level per level, like what sort of character you want to be. That seems yeah. great because like, I don't know, sometimes I find like, oh, I want to like multi-class so that I can add a little flavor yeah. or like I wish I had like a different ability because of like how I'm feeling. And it seems like you can really kind of like customize your character to like the mood you're in yes. level to level. What it feels like is that 
Pathfinder is saying, hey, you know your character better than your subclass does. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What a compliment to me. Okay. Finally, a book that respects me. <laughs> 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 I'm just picturing you reading books and them closing on your finger and it hurting. Ow! Quit bullying, God. What does that word mean? I guess I got to look it up in a dictionary now. Ow! Covered in cuts and not knowing any of the words. I'm going back to video games. Speaking of classes, I also wanted to shout out that there are some really cool classes that are unique to Pathfinder. Ooh. On pathbuilder2e.com, they're under the expanded list. So there's 10 New classes that I, a shameless novelty junkie, have never seen before, and it felt so good. The first one actually isn't that different because oh. there is something like that in D&D, so just like, okay, fine, whatever. Give us uh, a taste. Fighter. Give us a taste. <laughs> Gunslinger, inventor, Sick. investigator, yes. magus, mm-hmm. oracle, psychic, summoner, uh-huh. swashbuckler, thaumaturge, yep. and witch. Sign me up for one of each. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play a game of Pathfinder and I'm going to die a lot. <laughs> Summoner I know. sounds sick. Yeah, Summoner is like, it's basically you get this little, almost like a familiar that yeah. you fight with in battle. They're called Love like it. an Eidolon or something. Whoa. But obviously you can call them whatever you want. So that is like very yeah. Final Fantasy Summoner style. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Oracle also sounds like very intense. Like that's, you could eventually like predict the future, isn't that? Yeah, Oracle was one of the ones that I looked at that I was like, I'm desperate to play this. It's basically like a cleric adjacent charisma caster Mm -hmm. who is cursed and you derive your power from the mystery of things like time and love and flame and bones. Yeah. Bones? Yeah. I want to be a fucking bones or One of those is a little more concrete than the other ones. (laughs) I love to Uh, contemplate the nature of time and also bones. And bones. What are bones? Oh, those are all those are all like separate subclass. Like a separate like. I just want to play a character that stares off pensively (laughs) thinking about bones. Teacher, I'm ready. Tell me what are bones? Tell me about bones. Um, I also really liked the Thaumaturge, which is a martial class that's obsessed with the collection of esoterica and mystic implements. What? So it's like very heavy, arcane, esoteric flavored like martial class. So they're like an arcane antiquer? Yeah. That's right. From my impression, yeah. Just going to like curio shops? Yeah. Just like getting as many monkey paws as they can get their hands on? Amazing. Love it. We're going to get into more of the nitty gritty of character creation minus archetype, which is something, it's a whole nother way to get more shit for your character that I haven't looked into yet. Yeah. Um, But we're going to do that probably for the Patreon. I had you guys each write little paragraphs of hypothetical Mm. characters you wanted to play, but let's move on. Yeah. Patreon.com slash nadpod, by the way. Yeah. DPOD, don't sing it. Don't do it. We are are excited to hear more. We've ever had a don't sing And that's the end of the episode. Thank you. Okay, number two on Emily's list of top four favorite things. Top four fave. Um, We've got critical success drum, a.k.a. success is a spectrum, a.k.a. let's get critical, a.k.a. degrees are the bee's knees. (laughs) Very good. That's me doing a Jake impression. Let's go. All equally good. We got to collab sometime. (laughs) This is really good stuff. So, Mm -hmm. critical success works 
differently in Pathfinder uh-huh. than it does in D&D. I know, it's scary. I hear you shouting. I felt that do way you use the 20-sided die? You use the 20-sided die, right? Yes, Jake, you Use do. a 40-sided die. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank God. Okay. Use you, animal you bones. roll with triple disadvantage, but also <laughs> advantage. Every roll is a coin flip yeah, no. in Pathfinder. Okay. okay. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm calling my lift. Thanks, guys. This is fun. <laughs> Can I take this cheese? <laughs> yeah, you With a simple you. 17-sided die, <laughs> you too can learn how to crit. Okay, these are all jokes. Yeah, these, these are, are all jokes. jokes. Real. You yeah, use we're a talking D20, about an actual system. But success in Pathfinder isn't a pass-fail binary like it is in D&D. Mm. It's not like, here's the DC. The DC is 15. If you get 15 or higher, you succeed. If you get 15 or lower, you fail. You can critically succeed, regular succeed, fail, or critically fail. So if you roll... 10 points or more higher than a DC, it's a critical success. So you don't oh. have to roll a nat 20. If the DC is 15 and you roll a 25, that's a critical success. Mm-hmm. If you roll 10 points or more lower than a DC, it's a critical failure. So how does this play out? Okay, this might mm-hmm. sound like a lot right now. Let's just use a basic spell with a standard saving throw like burning hands. Okay. Mm-hmm. Murph, I'm actually going to throw to you. Would you please role play me the climactic scene of a bad guy using a first level burning hands on an adventuring party? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys came into a tavern and you became fast friends. You'll never be able to defeat me. I'm a living snowman and I'm here to save the world. (laughs) And I'm his carrot nose. And you're not going to, you're not going to do anything to hurt us. (laughs) You think that, but a snowman killed my father and I'm here to take revenge on all snowmen. Yeah, that's right. It's me. John. <laughs> oh, dude, it's John. <laughs> the council, the council fought against the decision yeah, to kill your father. I'm the mage, John, and I remember everything you did to the humans, you snowman piece of shit. <laughs> we regret that shit. decision. It weighs on our icy hearts. I cast Scorch. He's on to us. Run, Frosty. I, I, Let's I cast, get the fuck out of here. Heavily copyrighted. Change your name. <laughs> I cast Burning Hands on Frosty John. Okay, okay. So first off, I just want to say that, like, if that if that role play scene you guys just watched uh-huh. didn't get you into Pathfinder, I don't know it will. Because um, actually, that is all from the Pathfinder lore. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so let's say the DC is 15. Everyone rolls their save. A 25 or higher is a critical success, which right. means you take no damage from the Burning Hands. Yeah. Mm. Which is pretty great because how many times have you crit on a save and you still take half? Yeah, like a fireball. What a waste of a crit! Mm. Yeah, Uh if you pass uh, in D anD D, if you pass on like a fireball uh, deck save, then you would still take half if you uh, even if you crit or something like that. In this case, you can have a critical success where you take none, Uh or you get a a regular success, which is you take half, right? So Mm -hmm. if you get a regular success, so basically twenty five or higher critical success, you take no damage from Mage John's burning hands. <laughs> right. 15 to 24 is a regular success. You take half of 2d6, which gotcha. is what the burning hand spell is. Mm-hmm. 6 to 14 is a regular fail, and you take the 2d6 damage. 5 or lower is a critical failure, and a critical failure on saving throws against spells means you take double damage. So yeah. you take Whoa. 4d6. Now this goes for you, as well as the monsters that are fighting you. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of this? Uh, well, I do have one question. Yeah. Um, would Frosty be rolling with advantage because he's with his Carrot nose familiar. We are gonna actually have to talk about advantage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, so that, no. like, it basically lets you crit on spells, right? Like it's 
stuff with saves, yeah. 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 Yeah, like if, if someone you're casting a spell on yes. critically fails their Criti- save, that's the equivalent mm-hmm. of you critting on a spell. Exactly. exactly. That's tight. It's, it's really tight. And that does that count for attacks as well? If you're just doing a melee attack and you're like, I rolled a 32 and somebody's yes. AC is mm. like 18, then yes. you crit. If you beat their AC by 10 or more, that's a critical no matter what you rolled on the die. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. However, I can't speak to what happens if you critically fail on attacking someone. There mm-hmm. might be a consequence, but I haven't looked into it yet. Interesting. And if you still roll in at 20, that still counts as a critical success? So that is a thing that I have not looked into yet. Okay. And I was going to throw to you guys, because I feel like maybe a lot of parties will be like, hey, we haven't instinctual guttural joy yeah, yeah. That's, 20 mm-hmm. and seeing the one i don't know if someone who plays like the pathfinder system is so cohesive within itself that i would be cautious to yeah. change too much but mm-hmm. it, it's something that going into it i would probably look in and be like hey is this some can we can we keep the nat 20 and the nat one as crit yeah. Or yeah. will that disrupt We're followers the of Dice Christ. Yeah, and it would, Dice Christ is, has told you that you create. System yeah. agnostic, I would, yeah. I would hope. <laughs> I believe that a $20 bill has more value than a 50 because of the 20 on it. Yeah. <laughs> this is- um, You gave me all your cash. Yeah. And then I also have a out of combat example. There's a lot more actions in general that we're going to talk about in the uh, three action economy section, but- there's a thing called treat wounds. If you have a healer's tools and you spend 10 minutes treating an injured person, you can do a medicine check. That's right. You can just do a medicine check to heal someone yeah. rather than potion or spell. So it's oh. really nice. So like anybody can do a medicine check and heal yeah. someone? If, if you, if you have healer's tools, you might also need to be trained in medicine. Right. To make it worthwhile. That's probably. great though. And that seems like it feeds into the Marshall thing you were saving for us. Uh, yes. I believe agenda item four. Yes. I <sighs> think that Pathfinder in general does a great, great job giving you non-magical tools and ways to interact with the world mm-hmm. so that you're not just always being like, well, I'm a barbarian and uh, there's nothing I can do in a social encounter. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's mm-hmm. true. Um, okay, so if you were to do treat wounds, you do a medicine check and on a critical success, the injured person regains 4d8 hit points. On Whoa. a regular success, 2d8. On a regular failure, nothing happens. On a critical failure, the target takes 1d8 damage. <laughs> Just Simple like your malpractice. Bungling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. It's what happens. You're just yeah. like accidentally shoving your finger into someone's oh, wound. God. I was <laughs> oh, going to say it's like dropping somebody that you're carrying. Yeah. You had to bring <laughs> right. it to an extremely visceral yeah. point. Yeah. Like, like, maybe the Heimlich that is not mm. choking. Yeah. <laughs> you accidentally spill your coffee on the wound while you're working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, See, everything that we're saying right now, it's why the sort of degrees of success feel so fun for role play. Yeah. Because you, it really gives you an idea of what way they fail. I will say I was like inherently skeptical of it because I was like, this is a lot of math to do like during every step. Mm -hmm. But I feel like once you kind of like have it internalized in your brain, it Uh really does open up the possibilities. The system also does a really good job um, making DCs really clear for you. For Mm -hmm. example, we'll talk about it later, but there's a thing you can do in battle with one of your actions, which is called recall knowledge. Mm -hmm. And you can basically look at a monster and try and do a recall knowledge check to try to remember like a weakness of theirs and every single monster comes with a recall knowledge DC. 
every single monster Whoa. that I looked at on Archives of Nethys. So, so depending so, on how rare they are and yeah. stuff like that. So if you're a DM, you don't have to make that DC. It's right there for you. Mm-hmm. And so like they're, every monster does have kind of like a built-in like weakness that you can exploit a, a little lot, bit? They do do a good job giving things weaknesses and immunities. And I, so That's I think cool. I, would, I would have to look at it more. Again, I was really trying to do a general overview, but uh-huh. it is like you can basically use the recall knowledge. And if you critically succeed, you get like and a weakness and like maybe what they're one other piece of information about them if you succeed you get one piece of information i think if you critically fail you get something false (laughs) oh i love that yeah i like the idea of uh playing a new game and just being a little dumb again like just not knowing all of the ins and outs yeah because just like we've all well, most of us, uh, we've all like either DM'd or bailiffed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> some of us have only bailiffed. Right. Yeah, some of us have never bailiffed. That's true. Each of us has our own skill set. The burden, the burden of bailiffing. <laughs> only Jake and I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you just like kind of get exposed to so much of yeah. like the inherent knowledge, and like yeah. to go in like fresh with fresh eyes and fresh brain. It's been a really fun system to look into. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, I think especially when somebody it happens a lot to us where it'll be like i that's a 29 to hit or something like that and that should yeah. feel special there is it is a double-edged sword right because it does yeah. kind of take away from the simplicity of just like you crit and you do double damage like you roll the nat 20 mm-hmm. that's a very fun just everybody jumps up and is excited but yeah. i do like uh, on the other hand being like you know i got a 30 to hit that actually meaning something yeah is cool it's those moments when someone so exceeds something that you're like, damn, I feel like I should reward that. Yeah. 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 It's built in. Taps into yeah, just that like a 30 persuasion day. check to like, yeah. you know, get somebody to give you a peanut. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that should be a massive They give success. you their house. Yeah. They're fucking taking you on a tour they, of the farm. This, he turns into Balnor and joins the party. <laughs> Jimmy Carter's on your party now. <laughs> My only concern is ever uh, doing something to upset Dice Christ. Yeah. So as long as you're fine, if, as long as you're feeling like there's still space for the Nat Twenty, the Nat yeah. Twenty, still, the Nat One. I I do like the the window of like r- critical succeeding, critically yeah. succeeding. Yeah, and yeah. as you look through the book, it's like a ton of spells and actions you can take spell out what happens and critical successes and critical failures mm-hmm. so yeah. it's baked into the game yeah. yeah like it also does it feels like it's it's rewarding for like <laughs> your your character build too like if you yeah. build someone to be optimized at like climbing something or investigating yes. something yeah. and you're consistently getting like 10 over a yeah. dc you yeah. want to be like damn you are like kicking ass every single time. That's true, yeah. yeah. This really feels like when you go to your friend's house for a sleepover and then like you go to church with them on Sunday and they go to a different church than you and it's just like- <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm, it, for real. You're with yeah. me. And I know it's what like you're talking about. Somebody yeah. whips out a guitar and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, is this allowed? <laughs> We're having a little fun at church. <laughs> This oh, never happened at Okay, so Caldwell Tanner is saying that Pathfinder is when the guitar comes out at church. <laughs> wow. I have a distinct I have distinct memories of going to church with friends after sleepovers. God, why? <laughs> uh. So moving on to the pièce de résistance. I think I pronounced <laughs> It's actually piece de resistance. Yeah. <laughs> piece de resistance of this system. The three 
action economy. Oh, yeah. AKA three to be me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm three. Do what I want. So, the three action economy. That's right. Pathfinder is done with action bonus action. You have not one, but three actions and a reaction per turn in combat. I have to tell you, don't get too excited. There are some caveats for what you're thinking right now. Okay, but let's focus on what it is designed to do before we bring those up. Yeah, Jake, calm the fuck down, dude. (laughs) Sit down, dude. For everyone at home, I was pacing. I Anyone up. who's sitting there being like, great, I can attack three times. I totally understand where your heart is at. I uh-huh. love that. I respect love that. that for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. But that's not what this system is designed to do. And we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Because okay. let's be honest, a lot of D&D combat is just hitting and getting hit, right? Yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. There's no shade. We love to bang. But it. <laughs> we love to bang. We love, my crew. we love to stand and bang. Mm-hmm. We love to clang, love to bang. But it, Love killing lizards. What can I say? But it does put pressure on the DM and even the players to go out of their way to make fights memorable when the mechanics are repetitive mm-hmm. and to role play when the mechanics don't even reward it, right? Right. Ooh. Like a lot Ooh. of times you're like, well, I'm going to say something mean to him and you just do it. And right. it's, it's maybe, maybe your DM says, I guess give me an intimidate check, but often they don't. Right. Yeah. And that that would take if you were going by rules as written, that would probably it would take an action to do a check usually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For example, a lot of times new players are actually more creative than the rules even support. Like they might be like, oh, I'm in my very first fight, my very first D and D game. This guy's swinging a huge axe at me. Can I just disarm him? Mm-hmm. Right. In D&D, the answer is usually like, I, yeah, I yeah, I think you, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. If you mi- if you fail, there's your turn and right. that will right. suck. In Pathfinder, however, the answer is yes. There are clear parameters of success and consequences. And if you fail, you still have two actions left. Oh. So, for example, disarming becomes its own action in battle. That's really cool. Yeah, so it, normally in 5e it's it it can be a little complicated in that like you can you can disarm somebody but then you're like okay so then what happens do you you can then maybe use a free action to grab the axe and then you guys are just like going back and forth and that gets a little mm-hmm. dirty mm-hmm. and in Pathfinder it's very nice cuz it's not as you know powerful as just like knocking a weapon out of somebody's hand but it's nice to just have those parameters of just being like you succeeded. They get a minus two to their attack now because their like grip is loosened. Oh. And like yeah. in general, Pathfinder's three action economy is filled with like really cool skill based actions that change up the battlefield and can even be an opportunity for role play in some battles. So there's like a lot of strategic kind of combat actions like trip, grapple, faint, which have uh, mechanical implications. But there are also really fun things like demoralize, recall knowledge, which we talked about, mm-hmm. um, or create a diversion that can actually be role played and then you roll for it at the end and it has an actual consequence. Right. Mm. So like, That's yes, awesome. it's fun to hit someone with a sword a bunch, but it's equally fun to use recall knowledge to learn the weakness of a succubus. Demoralize said succubus with your knowledge of their weakness. And then for your third action, take out your cold iron sword, which you know they are weak to, and handily skewer that succubus. Yeah. That's sick. Oh. So say you're like... um 
battling a crocodile outside of a, a sunken keep or yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, Never the crocodile it, yeah. opens its mouth uh, and like for your first action, you want to like break a javelin and shove it inside the crocodile's mouth. So like, would that be classified think, as one of these? I think um, the move that you're talking about yeah. is going to really come alive in a system like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy, I would have known how to deal with Caldwell Tanner for the first there's literally, 30 episodes. There's, I think there's literally an action that's called force open. So you could use an action to force open and then interact with an object to put the javelin in the mouth. Oh, uh, it's for shenanigans. Cheese and it's biscuits. built for shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, shenanigans. from what I can tell, the system is designed to make combat more dynamic and put more tools in your kits and even kind of weaponize your skills, which mm-hmm. feels yeah. like the most fun part of it. So if I'm emphasizing that, it might just be because that's what speaks to me the most. Uh-huh. Um, both in and out of combat, Pathfinder seems to reward the skills that you invest in more. And I just think that's fun, personally. Yeah. Like it's you also could, like it's instinctual as you, like when you start yeah. playing. I remember mm-hmm. this when I started playing D&D too. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, I want to stomp on this guy's foot or and I, or I want to like say, the, I don't know, create a distraction or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. not necessarily something you can do. You just have to make your move and commit to it. So like, I don't think we even talked about it. Demoralize is like a really powerful thing that you basically can be like, you don't want this fucking fight. And you can do that as an action, roll an intimidation <laughs> against their will save and basically give them levels of fear. Whoa. Right. And if you fail that and they're like going to fight you anyway, you still have actions to You still have prepare. two actions. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So it's that's like- nice because yeah, you have to often make a choice of like, okay, can I try to like save this situation or are we like- are we going to enter combat? And I'm going to basically waste my turn by being like, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to convince someone not to fight. Howdy, Nadpoles. Caldwell here. I'm recording this ad literally hours before going to the airport on a trip to visit some family in New York. And if you're wondering, no, I have not packed my bags yet. Packing stresses me the hell out because I have to do wardrobe math about how many shirts and pants and underwear to bring. And uh, let me tell you, folks, it, I always get it wrong and I always pack too much. That being said, there is one thing that always goes into my suitcase without a second thought, and that is my Raycon Everyday Earbuds. Raycon offers amazing audio quality at half the price of other premium audio brands. And Raycon's optimized gel tips are designed to fit comfortably in your ears and actually stay there. Which is good because it means I can go on a jog and not worry about them falling out and getting sucked into a sewer grate. Although I guess that's probably how the Ninja Turtles get their earbuds, so if some mutant creature living in the sewer happens to get them, I guess that wouldn't be too bad. But thanks to Raycon, it's not something I ever even need to concern myself with. So, if you're also going on a trip soon and are looking to bring along the perfect pair of earbuds, go to buyraycon.com slash pawpaw today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That is right, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pawpaw. One more time, that's buyraycon.com slash pawpaw. All right, thanks for listening, and have a great trip. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. 
It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Yeah. So everybody has the space to try something out. Yeah. I like that a lot. (laughs) There are also there are also like you you mentioned it briefly that there's like levels of fear and things like that. I Mm. haven't looked into this enough, but I know that I saw things with like stun one, stun two, and this is this is a thing that we've constantly been talking about in D and D is like stunning is too powerful and like a lot of our D&D cor- uh, case submissions are like they stunned my bad guy and I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with this I think what they do with a lot of these conditions is they give them levels so they mm. the conditions get worse as you go. So essentially wow. you could so it almost lets you start to stun yeah. someone, yeah. which seems yeah. cool. That's it's very cool. I'm starting to see why the book is 600 pages. Yeah. Well, actually, the crazy <laughs> thing is the book is 600 pages, but as I believe the rules lawyer, uh, their YouTube channel pointed out, the section about playing the game is really only like 40 pages or something. Oh, that's tidy. Yeah, it's just get, wow. it's got a lot yeah. of options and things like that. Like, yeah. like talking there's about a ton of spells which I haven't even looked into yeah. yet. That's great. But I also think that like this combat system seems to also let you i feel like from reading it you could just go full charisma put everything into intimidation deception and performance literally never lift a weapon in battle and still contribute to the battle just go full little stinker or just go fully hot right (laughs) yeah oh like literally you could be mechanically rewarded for being Mm -hmm. hot in battle finally (laughs) wow my fucking dream (laughs) <laughs> little stinker or a little steamer you have options here okay so what are people thinking about this significant expansion of your toolkit in battle um does pathfinder feel like you need more of a map or is it translate I, to theater of the mind as truthfully, well truthfully i i i do wonder mm-hmm. how it will translate to theater of the mind yeah i think you would just end up finding out which actions felt more impactful yeah. in theater of the mind. Right, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. certainly like uh, abilities and like classes I would never take because like they exactly. don't feel good for theater of the mind. So yeah, I yeah. think it probably just like figuring out uh, the play style that works for you. Because I think I think things like demoralize, create a diversion. Mm-hmm. There's something called bon mot where you like basically just like <laughs> say a quip at someone. That's like Whoa. a feat you can take. You just like say a quip at someone and, and it like- And they're and they're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, okay. and, uh, and so like stuff like that actually does lend itself mm-hmm. to theater of the mind more. Yeah, yeah. So I, sure. I think mm-hmm. I could see there being- pluses and minuses yeah and like on my so on my character sheet would i have like a will save too and a bad guy could demoralize me yes yes you absolutely can and that's why and i think that they will do that too because as i was looking through there are things that like help buff you against being frightened buff you against being talked down to yeah 
The pendulum uh, swings both ways. Like there's more shit that you can do, but there's yeah. definitely more shit that can happen to you that you have to like, which I like, I think that that part excites me because you're yeah. really trying to like optimize your character knowing all of the shit that can happen. Yeah. Um, to I you too. am so glad to hear that you're excited. And I really want you to hang on to that excitement uh, because we are later going to talk about um, the multi-attack penalty. Oh. And why at first it's horrifying, but if you like the system as much as I do, you're just hoping you can learn to love it. <laughs> okay, but first, <laughs> let's wrap up. I feel like you're trying to sell us a condo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give you, like, I think it's probably gonna be the biggest hurdle for a lot of people getting into the system. I have, mm -hmm. after my top four, <laughs> Yeah. My four faves. Um, I have a list of like three kind of like, these are the tougher pills. These to are the things you're, yeah. Mm. These are the things that you're, if you're thinking about changing, your party's going to be like, but what about? Yeah. Right. Um, that you're going to kind of like go in knowing. And yeah. it's just a different, it's a different game. I think, mm -hmm. again, we're coming at this with D&D &D brain. And I yes. think a lot of other people, uh, you know, if you're making the switch or if you're playing both, uh, yeah. will as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that there is like, some of the stuff is a hurdle because you just have to unlearn D and D, and then some of the stuff is maybe loosening your power gamer grip on yeah. D and D <laughs> and exploring uh, a maybe a more narratively satisfying, maybe slightly less easy to power game system. Yeah. Although it seems like there are opportunities to power game here, certainly. I would say that there's opportunities. Like if you want to just bang do damage, yeah, I'm sure there are builds for that, but it feels like. In combat, the things that are rewarded are teamwork more than an individual standing there and doing a ton of damage. That's lovely. I like to hear um, that. But yeah. Okay. Right. So let's wrap up my fave four. Number four, cast aside the casters. We're feeling partial to the marshals. <laughs> That's yes, my Jake take. It's almost jarring to come back to a Jake take. So <laughs> I have been lurking. This actually kind of is a blending of a fave and a caveat. Mm-hmm. I've been lurking on some Fabiot. feedback. <laughs> a Fabio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a fancy car. A That's my Bon Mott. What do I, do I get advantage now? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've been lurking on some feedback, and this one is quite literally a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Ooh. The general consensus I have read is that caster classes are less powerful to play in Pathfinder 2E. Hey. I've read quite a few crestfallen casters who felt that resource management of too few spells meant that the most economical thing to do was to just kind of buff. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we love to buff, but we also love to blast, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe a little better so, for buffing than blasting. Yeah, maybe buffing mm -hmm. is shining more than blasting. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's built, like obviously there's, there's also so many options with Pathfinder that I'm sure that you can make options that blast. But if you're just going in and making mm -hmm. a standard caster, you might find yourself buffing. Right. And it's right. kind of, it's inevitable in most games. Like at some point, the a wizard can just like talk to gods and stuff or just, you know, mm -hmm. just divine something into existence. Yeah. And the fighter, or the melee class is just like, you can attack one more time. It's just <laughs> but like, that's great. What I've read is that they've kind of chilled out the casters right. in a way and expanded the toolkit of the marshals in a way hmm. so that level 20 doesn't feel like, oh, the casters the are more powerful. The one's a god and the other one's a good fighter. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. like they're both good at their stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can go to other planets. I do 3d12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna die. <laughs> but, but with the sort of feat system, you do end up getting access to a lot of magical stuff if you want it. Mm. Sounds like there's a lot more Hercules and a lot less Zeus 
as opposed to there being Zeus and regular humans. I don't know. This metaphor isn't working, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so obviously, like, reading this was tough for me because I really like to cast and blast and yeah. be a mm-hmm. magical mm-hmm. little person. But You were a crestfallen caster that day. Yeah, I, w- I was crestfallen re- reading these other crestfallen casters but i thought about it and pathfinder like i said before it kind of reminds me of star wars 5e and that it's like really deeply lovingly attentive yeah, you, to played, you played a melee Marshall. character when we played uh star wars yeah. 5e what about for like half casters though like for a, a paladin or like even like an eldritch knight or something like that does so, that exist i don't know <laughs> again yes i, I stumped her Fuck yes! <laughs> well, there's like, cha- there's no paladin. Instead of paladin, is champion. But I don't know. I haven't looked into the champion to know if they, how magical they are. Gotcha. Like, for example, rangers are uh, half casters or quarter casters in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in D&D. D&D. Rangers don't have spells in Pathfinder. Ah. So I can't say what, what's going on with the champion slash paladin. Yeah. Um, but... It, they have more tools in their kit in and out of battle. So like mm-hmm. before I was kind of talking about a barbarian in Pathfinder, you can pretty easily make a barbarian with good intimidation mm-hmm. because you are frequently training skills and your proficiency is tied to your level. So if you decide mm-hmm. to be trained in something, which is their way of saying proficient, uh-huh. you're getting proficiency boosts every time you level up. So it doesn't go with, uh, oh, okay. Okay. Does it also go with a stat as well? Like, would intimidation also go with charisma? Yes. Yeah, but if Got you have a minus one to charisma, but then you train it, yeah. then as you go, that minus one doesn't hurt as much. Got it. Gotcha. So oh. Pathfinder has out-of-combat actions you can do yeah. with sort of the degrees of success. So, yeah. for example, there's something called coerce, in which you spend a minute with someone trying to talk them into doing something. Let's say revealing <laughs> the name of the boss they're working for or leaving the back door to the Thieves Guild unlocked when they close up at night. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you roll your intimidation against their will save. If you critically succeed, they do what you're asking as long as it doesn't harm them, and they won't try to get back at you right away. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that's really cool that they have, that they actually give you kind of how to DM these moments. Exactly. That's helpful. Mm. Exactly. Man, that's helpful. Yeah, it seems like this is like tailor-made to have like less narrative-breaking moments. Like everything kind of supports the narrative a little more. Yeah, and I've read a lot of DMs saying that they think Pathfinder is easier because there is so much, to borrow the phrase of the rules lawyer, rule support. I like that. Right. Um, so I think that that to me makes it feel like marshals have all this huge impact outside of combat too. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think that's kind of the beauty of both systems, right? Is that I think that something like the three action economy, when you're looking at it, isn't as clean as just being like, here's your movement, here's your action, here's your bonus action. So the one is better to like kind of pick up and learn. And then I think once you're familiar with systems and familiar with like TTRPGs, mm-hmm. then something like the three action economy, you're like, oh, this kind of has more yeah. to it. Yeah. Like there's more I can do here mm-hmm. now that I know what I'm doing and now that I've experience in, in things like this. And again, I'm suggesting this as someone who's never played, but this is what I would do for my first game is like put out a little list of 
the different actions you want to focus on. You don't even need to put all of them out there yet, right? Just right. put out a little list so that your players at the table have a little list to be like, it's my turn. I have three actions. What do I want to do? Oh, there's the little list. Yeah. yeah. You know, like maybe you have that out for a couple times and then people start finding out which ones they like doing the most. Yeah, like a card you'd get in a board mm -hmm. game or something that just says like the rules yeah. to get people used to like the new actions and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Just put it next to the chips. Yeah. Okay. So I think now <laughs> it's time to, I kind of already talked about it's time to swallow some tough pills. Okay. okay. Before we do that, I did have one yeah. question. Yeah. Which was about stats, because yeah. it seems like stats are a little different. They're a little different in terms of, well, your ability scores mm -hmm. are the same as D&D, &D, but your saves, you only have three. Reflex, fortitude, and will. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, and I can't give you too much context for how those are mm -hmm. <laughs> calculated, because that's just not one of the things I <laughs> It's <focus>. pretty intuitive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intuitive. It's like- It it's seems a, nice, it, right? It's uh -huh. essentially yeah. like combining them down it, it's normally there are like six stats so it's combining yeah. each one down by two essentially. yeah yeah and to be and fair i've never really understood charisma saves like i get them for like a persuasion maybe yeah. but like getting banished because you failed a charisma save makes no sense to me yeah. that actually is a really good point yeah <laughs> you're just not very likable charming so to be banished you're not hot enough <laughs> be gone to ugly hell. <laughs> um, okay. Any other questions before we go swallow some tough pills? I'm down to swallow some um, tough pills. I'm ready for my medicine. Make tough <laughs> my sideways open. pills. Okay. <laughs> so I already talked about the casters. Yeah. Advantage. Okay. Is everyone? I can handle it. Everyone relax so your mm -hmm. throat muscles take down this tough What the, what the fuck's happening pill. to advantage? <laughs> Wait a second. So, so. What the fuck is happening to advantage? <laughs> So I get the impression. Again, maybe someone will say, Emily, you dunce. Um, Pathfinder's lousy with advantage. Hey. But I got the impression from what I read that advantage is way less common. Yeah. For mm. example, if you want to give someone the help action, that's called aiding someone. Okay. And you basically just give them a plus one or a plus two if you crit, and you might even you subtract might even, one yeah. if your like, little skill check to help them Oh, fails. so it's more like, like bless. I'm, I don't know either. that there's like a good D&D equivalent yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. It's basically just like eight is something you can do in battle as one of your actions, but it is less, uh, it is not giving someone yeah. the help action. Right. Cool. Are DCs like generally lower, like to the point where a plus one or plus two would help at all? The thing is that skills are way higher, right? So since your proficiency is your level, it means oh. that your skills are going up every single level and you're training I them see. to be trained to then expert. If you're like level 10 and you're trained in something, you're 10 plus yeah. whatever the modifier yeah. is. So the idea is like That's if you're building great. a character efficiently, you shouldn't need advantage on stuff. Because yeah, I, I think that is what it is. That is yeah. the impression cool. that yeah. I get. It, uh -huh. it, it would seem to me that the system is less <laughs> dependent on roles than 5e is, which is like, both, I, again, there's room for both systems. I think the one is a lot simpler. And mm -hmm. I think it's also cool to just be like, no, you build your character for a particular thing. And mm -hmm. thus you should succeed more if you're good at that. Yes. And st stuff like help actions are, it's exciting because you get that gamut of like, 
Maybe you'll roll a one and a nat 20. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is like kind of wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the other side, it's just like you're going to get a little bit more consistency. You might not get those highs and lows, but your character does what they're built to do. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Mm-hmm. There also is something built into Pathfinder called hero points that allows you to re-roll something. So the ah. idea is that you start every session with one hero point and you can be given them by your GM during the game, almost like inspiration. Great. From what yeah. I've read, GMs are encouraged to give out about one per hour. So oh, these wow. hero points are a part of the game for Pathfinder. It's like gold stars. It's like gold stars. Well, that's what, when I read it, I was like, I don't really like the name hero points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, but it actually is a really fun system to yeah. tailor to specific characters. Yeah. If if Murph is playing a paladin, then it's like, oh, your god shines on you. It's like right. you almost tap into your god. So it's an, you don't have to use the word hero point yeah. unless you like the word hero yeah. point, in which case, fucking around with and it's it. Cool. I love they're, that for you. They're actually, <laughs> D&D has in like the alternative rules, because remember in campaign one, we did like healing surge and things like that. Yeah. They do have something like hero points. And there is there is something cool about that. And there's inspiration, that. right? Which right. is apparently yeah. a D&D thing that we just don't use. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> But it is it is cool because it is like your your players are special, right? Like they yeah. are kind of you know yeah, they're Aragorn they in Lord of the Rings, yeah. mm-hmm. and Aragorn's right. rolling hero points all the time. Like he's got <laughs> no, he's yes. got plot armor. Yeah. When he talked to that ghost army, yeah. he burned through two hero points. Oh I yeah, you. The rest yeah. of his party I can is jealous. get into this as long as I'm fed a steady diet of hero points. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Is that like I think that advantage is going to be less frequent. But I think it might be more special. Yeah, Emily, yeah. you pitched yeah. this as a bitter pill, but you've given us like a big bowl of honey to dip the pill I, into. I really tried to. I really tried to sugarcoat these. It's stuff sliding pills. down <laughs> my throat so easy. So, Jake, do you think you could be open to it? Like, let's say you sat down for a session. You would start with one that you could choose to use anytime, and you'd probably throughout the session get another one. So you basically yeah, have. I, it's almost like getting luck points, really. Yeah, it is. It's a luck yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, the pill wasn't going down easy at first, but now that I know about zero <laughs> points, I heard I'm me go silent. I heard me lose yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I was texting you on the side. I said, Jake, you know, met D and D in high school. They got together. They've been together ever since. It would be like cheating if you left D and D at this point. You know, it, I is, also- it is truly the basis for all of Jake's like gaming knowledge because even we were talking about video game skill trees uh, before jake's like never seen it before <laughs> so this is like aragorn had hero points and i was yeah. back yeah. <laughs> all comes back to aragorn yeah and look yeah. i it's possible someone would say actually we use advantage a lot i could be wrong but when i like read it, it the system feels like because especially if you're like at level 10 rolling like plus 15 to certain yeah. or like plus 12 like then you don't really need advantage. I, again, yeah. it's just, it, it would appear to me as an as an outsider that it's a system System more built for consistency, consistency yeah. and uh, 5e is built for simplicity. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Both, yeah. both are great. Well, both Murph, are great cities to be. I wish that. I wrote that. That was good. Bon Mott action right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's end this with the biggest, toughest pill. Oh, it's so big, Emily. Jake, I'm looking at you. It's spiky. Jake's, this is I, I'm cool with all of this. It's, <laughs> it's a Jake and Emily thing. They love the big crits and just Oh no, I'm cool. I'm banging. cool with all of this. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. aware that like you could have an instinctual but but advantage is how I've gotten by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The multi attack penalty. Oh. Let's talk about it. Penalty. <laughs> yeah. I know. We got a picky eater over here. 
basically, you have three actions each turn, right? We love that. We, of course. We're richer with actions. Mm -hmm. But if you were to attack or strike, which is what they call it, each action, the second time you attacked, you would have a minus five to hit. And the third time you attacked, you would have a minus 10 to hit. That makes sense. But you can still... Try and hit three times. Yeah, you can if you want. Mm -hmm. But no, I think gut reaction for me. I think I'm totally quelled by the fact that I have more. I can do more creative stuff with my turn. Mm -hmm. That fully is on board awesome, Jake. I think you're it's a, smart. It's a penalty for being like boring. I, I yeah. Do, yeah, yeah, totally. It's yeah. not. That's what you have to do to be strategic in D&D. &D. There's not really other stuff that you can do. So I, I'll play those characters, and I like to hit three times. I'll yeah. admit that okay. I like Look at this. That. This, this is validating for yeah. me because yeah. I literally structured this entire little book report I've given so that we would end to with, with okay. to try and <laughs> yeah. make the multi-penalty attack hurt the least. Everyone <laughs> give this big boy a round of applause. He swallowed that pill all <laughs> by himself. Yay. We're so proud Yay. of you. He had a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you're right. There, I really think that if you looked at like, why is it in there? Maybe the idea is it's hard to swing it that many it, times. That yeah. to me makes sense, mm -hmm. yes. But Stamina. if you look at it from a gameplay perspective, it's like, it's encouraging you to play interesting, mm -hmm. not yeah. just yeah. But also, like, I feel and like if you're swinging- gives you enough to do, then it is worth yeah. not attacking three times. And also, there's the game, other shit to the, do. The games are built different, right? So mm -hmm. you're not gonna, if, if players are doing less damage, if they're attacking less, the monsters are gonna have less HP. Yes. It's just the game is built different. Also, yeah. I think that when I read this, it's like when you play 5e, because there are less ways to interact with a bad guy, mm -hmm. you kinda gotta kill him every time. In this, mm. it feels like there are fights that just end with you disarming and demoralizing a guy. Yeah, <laughs> like there, there are mechanics. And you're like, Get out of here. There are mechanics for Cheswick. That's yeah, good. yeah, less That's less cool. clanging and banging, more shaming and uh, aiming and shaming. <laughs> yeah, aiming and shaming, <laughs> or even distracting. Or you can like like there's a feat that's like fascinating performance that you basically can, like, start do a perform a check and like kind of inca incapacitate someone by yeah. uh, thrusting fascinating them. Mm -hmm. Wow, thrusting. <laughs> but there are there are weapons and stuff. Isn't there yes. something so, called like the swift attribute that like lets you uh, attack more without? Uh, penalties. There are certain classes that reduce the multi-attack penalty. Yeah. There are certain feats that reduce the multi-attack penalty. And then there are weapons that have the trait agile, ah, which reduce the multi-attack penalty. I don't know if you can ever fully reduce it. Mm. Um, but so I think it's might still remain in some capacity. Maybe there's a way to fully negate it, but uh, that yeah. probably wouldn't be till way higher level. But it does seem like if you just want to stand there and slash, you can optimize your character to be better yeah. at that. God, this yes. thing is like, balanced. Right. This medicine beautiful. tastes like bubble gum to me. It's yeah. Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> it's okay, this is validating. Okay, great. So let's start to wrap this up, and mm -hmm. then we'll go over and do our character creation. Wrapping it up, I do feel like I should mention that Pathfinder also like has its own world and lore and gods. So if you're someone who loves to take a system that has really cool lore. It's called Galorian. People, I've only scratched the surface in yeah. it, but like the pictures of maps of it look awesome. Um, yeah. I have also, I also haven't gone into any of the spells yet. This 637 page tome, there's a big chunk that's just spells. Woo! And a lot Ooh, of them yeah. are different than I've seen before. I just haven't had a chance to dive into those Yummy. yet. But I have also read that for DMs who prefer to kind of homebrew, a lot of anecdotal evidence that it is easier to homebrew in Pathfinder. Wow. Mm. 
I would oh, think yeah, the opposite. There's, there's more systems in place. I think so. Yeah. Mm, I, okay. I don't know why. I just saw multiple GMs say, I switched over. And what I noticed is it's easier to homebrew. Yeah. Rad. Um, so I hope that this has been interesting. And if you're someone who has been thinking of experimenting with it, I believe it is slightly more complex than d and I will say that. But again, I think... A lot of it is deceptively so. I think the mm-hmm. three action economy is different, but you will get the hang of it quicker right. than you originally think. You could even kind of go video game tutorial mode and slowly introduce these yeah. actions to your party. Get if a whiteboard. You want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when we did when we did three point five uh, with with Brennan, he would literally level up for us. So that's what I was going to say. I actually yeah. think that although the Part of this I'm drawn to the most is character creation. I think that it is the more complex thing, but when me and Murph played 3.5, literally we played it for a couple years, I didn't learn a thing about that system because our DM would just be like, you're leveling up. He wouldn't be like, here's all the feats you can choose from. He would be like, uh, do you want to cast spells like, when you you're in do? wild shape? Yeah, yeah I want to do that. Okay, you're going to take natural spells. I will say, though, 3.5 was more complicated than this. Was it? Two, okay. yeah. yeah, definitely. Path- Pathfinder 2E definitely... Uh, streamlines a lot of stuff it's it's like a good balance this seems perfect because for me tabletop is an excuse to hang out with my friends and if you're giving me an excuse on top of that which is like little dm private sessions Uh where you discuss like what you're going to do with your character next yeah wow i think it was less about the system and it was the game had been out for so many years that there were so many supplemental books you know Uh, what it was also really difficult to find stuff online whereas there are a ton of online resources for Pathfinder. Specifically, if you're curious, like I said, this pathbuilder2e.com character creation website, obviously change is always a little scary. At first, when I got onto it, I was like, I'll never understand it. (laughs) Within five minutes, I was like, okay, I'm getting it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, So that was a really great way to start to explore the ancestries and heritages and classes and feats. Um, and also Archive of Nethys is, uh, has just everything out there for free. Yeah. Mm. And we just walk into the Archive of Nethys. We don't need to like pass a trial. You do have to pass a trial. Yeah. Okay, cool. I it's... did notice that uh, your, one of your hands was singed. <laughs> yeah, you had to fight a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> singed with cold. Yeah, it was singed with the burning hand I summoned to take out <laughs> the snowman that killed my dad. Who goes there? <laughs> So we're going to actually look more at character creation on mm-hmm. the short rest. Should um, we tease uh, our yeah. characters? Yeah. Why don't you, do you guys want to read? I had you all write a paragraph. Do you want to read the paragraphs or do you want to just tease them with the name? Ooh. I, I think let's read our paragraphs. Yeah, read like the paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's do it. All right, let okay. me pull it up. Okay, I got mine. Scarl Cinderkeg. Scarl is a charhide goblin gunslinger. He makes up for his lack of size with his ferocity and love of explosives. A virtuoso of crude inventions, Scarl is just as likely to exacerbate a problem as solve it. His fighting style requires juggling several lit fuses, life or death calculations, and defogging the giant welder's goggles that take up half his face. He would be a genius if he sat down and took his time, but he's quite literally a running powder keg. Yes! I was really excited about this because when I first started doing my research i went into murph's room and i said murph i need to play a goblin i love the pathfinder goblin <laughs> i love goblins <laughs> goblins okay. are good gob is good caldwell uh wilmer Honeybucket, a strange hermit who lives in a cabin made of monster bones wilmer earns a living hunting and trapping monsters that invade the human settlements near the primal forest he calls home his weapon of choice is a large butterfly net that he swears can hold up to three gators easy but <laughs> He's also rarely seen without a bundle of rope and his trusty hunting knife. 
When it comes to monster hunting, Wilmer generally prefers to practice catch and release, but a lifetime in the woods has taught him that survival comes first, and as such, he's not afraid to get his hands dirtier than they already are. Wilmer does not own soap. We love it. <laughs> Still, despite his profession, Wilmer has a love for all animals, big and small, but especially the big ones. His dream is to one day own a dog bigger than himself. I love it. There okay, we go. and now Jake. Yes, Cask Nygaard is an artist from the North Country. He <laughs> sings, he writes poetry, and he does Jackson Pollock style splatter paint in his quaint cabin. <laughs> But he's super intense about it. He thinks all the beauty of the world is urgent and inspiration should be punching you in the face every day. He's super zealous whenever he talks about his creative process to friends and strangers. Don't you get it? It's all fleeting. We have to take in every drop while we can. Oh, man. God. Nothing gets Cask more amped than talking about art, but nothing pisses him off more than people who would harm the very thing he draws inspiration from. Perhaps more meaningful than creating beauty in this world is killing those who hope to destroy it. So these were the prompts <laughs> wow. I was given, and I will walk them through how I tried to bring their wonderful little men to life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, I also want to point out that uh, Caldwell had sent me like four different ones, and yeah. one of them was a painter. And I was like, oh, Caldwell, Jake already chose a painter, so I think we can't do this one. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's kind of my thing, man. That's kind of my thing, dude. <laughs> you don't Sorry, really dude. get art, dude. <laughs> My guy loves to draw. He's a doodler. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be doing some PVP on the short rest. <laughs> no, we will not be playing, but we will be creating characters and talking about them. So if you want to hear that, head on over to patreon.com slash nadpod. We... Don't sing yet. That's I'm already Don't sing yet. Fine. Uh, yes, thank you all so much for uh, listening. Uh, thank you to uh, M for uh, uh, putting this all together and for walking us through Good it. Work. Thank I you. Great beg work. of you, Pathfinder people, to not be mad if I get things wrong. We're fresh and to the path. Yeah, we're all we're just, we're just here chatting about make it. it a, make it a fun hobby that people mm -hmm. can learn in. Yeah. yeah. Again, we're mm -hmm. coming at this with D and D brain, so forgive us mm -hmm. for uh, uh, constantly comparing things. Don't at the yeah. path. Both both systems are great, and I think they yeah. both serve different purposes. Yeah. I think there's room for all of this. Um, Agree. Uh, do you, uh, M? Do you want to shout out uh, uh, your sources one more time? Yes. So anybody I will. who wants to uh, learn more about the system, I uh, will. The ones I use the most obviously were rise of the rule lords that was my exposure that was my i'm freaking out what is this system this book is yeah. so big <laughs> um i believe the man who runs it his name is pete um really enjoyed spending some time with you pete um <laughs> <That's> pete. <laughs> the rules lawyer on youtube uh no nat ones has really awesome breakdowns of all the classes yeah. that was really really helpful um and then archive of nethys and pathbuilder2e.com those right are on. the resources that i use the most shout right out dope uh, and then, uh, yeah, we got uh, some live shows uh, coming up, uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. stuff in um, uh, Australia. Uh, we still have some tickets for. Uh, we've got shows in Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Brisbane. Uh, Adelaide, Adelaide and Perth. Adelaide and Perth. Adelaide and Perth. All over the country. Left. So um, be sure to check that out, nadpod.com slash live. Doesn't matter where you yeah, are, man. as long as you're in Australia, you can come and see us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would love to shout out some stuff uh, from the P.O. Box, if that's okay. It sure. is. Great. Lovely. Uh, I'll allow it. Thank you. Aaliyah and Kyle sent us uh, a foster style rubber ducky USB drive containing... <laughs> 
It's literally you can store digital files instead of potions in it. It's great. That's so funny, but also so confusing. I'm picturing being like, Sid, look, a rubber ducky to have to take to the bath with you. Enjoy. <laughs> she just takes all of our episodes and dumps them in the bath. Why are they on here? Uh, the USB drive does contain a uh, video footage of the first wedding dance that they did to Aww. one big bed. Oh my god! I think, oh, I think awesome. we might have seen. Uh, or I, might, I have seen some of them on yeah, we've Twitter seen some, and stuff. Uh, videos when people send us. Yeah, awesome. so, so this is a sacred so duck. Yeah, this is a sacred vessel you've sent. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Kay from New Zealand sent us a copy of their partner Rim's solar punk fantasy novel Fox Hunt. Seems right up all of our collective alleys. Thank you both so so much for That's listening. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Tim Probert sent us a copy of their graphic novel, Lightfall, as well as the D&D middle grade novel that they illustrated. They are both so wonderful. Tim, your art is incredible. Oh, Tim, your art is so cool. I yeah. showed it to my uh, nieces and they were enraptured. Yeah. Ooh. Congratulations. You enraptured some children. <laughs> normally, it's not okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Chris C. sent us a copy of their book, Tattered Pawns. It's about an end mage named Whistler. Undeniably a dope sentence. Thank you, Chris C., yeah. Chris Corrigan. Uh, Molly B. sent us a collection of cute frog and mushroom pins, including one of a frog with a really plump ass. It is <laughs> Saul to a T. Great. Thank you very much for that, Molly. Yeah, I haven't talked about Saul's ass a lot, but it's... It's <laughs> Mostly the washboard abs, but yeah, there's a, there's a we rump focus on, on the front. Yeah, we've been focusing on the abs yeah. these days. He's muscular all around. <laughs> uh, Teo, a first grade teacher in Japan, sent us a postcard letting us know that they genuinely have a short and boisterous student in their class named Yugo. No! Yeah. Oh That's God. so That's awesome. awesome. May Yugo both delight and destroy you. Uh -huh. I, I hope <laughs> that It's good Yugo to know there's at least one good Yugo in this room. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that they don't total party kill anyone. Uh, and then Jessica and Max sent us a nice note and pictures from their wedding, which also featured one big bed as the first oh. dance. There's also a great this picture. Warms my heart. Yeah, there's like a, a picture of them standing next to this like wooden plank with the lyrics uh, painted on it. It is just delightful. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's so awesome. so, so sick, whimsical guys. and perfect. Thank you so much for I honoring us. Thank you. And thank you. Thanks for getting married. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, and that's all the P.O. Box stuff. 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 222 Los Police, California, 90027. Sweet. Uh, and you can follow us on social media that we may or may not use at CHMerceMe, at Caldys Caldwell, at AXFords Emily, and at Jake Ortiz Jake. And you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N E D D P O D. Oh, here we go. We are, we are, youth of a nation. We are, we are, youth of a nation. And now it's time to thank our benevolent Council of Elders, starting with Brad D, Jeffrey S, Hugh C, later Mick Skater, Matt M, Jordan DJ, Cutter W, Feared Al, great name, Daniel G, The J Pod, Dylan B, here to tell you to crit on your homework, kids, and hashtag open DD. Dungeon Mama, not sexual, Danielle, The Dastardly Dame, Beard Man Dan, Danny P, Vincent W, Victor T, Balnor's Boy, Dominic, Person, Justin I, Ragnar, Fairwind, TJM, Trelay, The Crayfay, Christopher B, Damiel R, Cyborg version of Josh the Kobold, Murph being cucked by Sonic the Hedgehog, nice, Richard X Machina, Michael L, Jack L, Sam L, Nicholas C has starred in every single film ever made in Bohemia, tickets bought, can't wait to see y'all down under in Perth, hell yeah, us too, Samuel B, Mike H, Matthew E, 
Great Value Gemma, Adam G, Tyler F, Panama James, Andrew the Bard, nope, sorry, just Andrew the Druid here, Horadrian, Rex Thaniel, The White, Captain Sigil, Diana, DLL, CC Lulu, Hercule Poirot, The Rabbit Folk Detective, Timmy R, Lucas B, Reiko, It's Kevin, Calder's Cold Cum, hashtag Ride My Comrades, Spread the Camaraderie, Patrick O, Taylor B, The Vengeful One Winged Angel, Cass, Skateboard Cass, Captain of the Stevens, Stephen C, Mike K, Lady Taco, Brian G, Joy T, Nara K, Jake L, Nick W, Brave the Badger, Esme M, Foster the Boneless Duck, thanking the two crew for coming down under. We can't wait. William W, Aaron the Asshole Ranger, Big Bad Beardo the Mad, Eric McD, Anna Rama, Galad Roselle, the White Rose of Galateron, Power Shiver of Bohemia, Quiver Against the River of the Pea Shiver, Dominic Harvey J. Moonshine's Twin, wow, amazing, J. Dragonborn, Joe Rowe, the Inner Pro Pro, the Sandrean, Ben A. Feldonis, John Third, Dave H., Koala Bear, Catherine S., David K., Christian S., Dustin S., Connor F., Hawkeye Pierce, Book Bar's assistant, Izzy F., Gagagio Jr., Brittany A., Jillian B., Marky Mark, the Marvelous Mining Engineer, Cat C., Kel Slay, Missa of House in Zunza, Ariel the Occasional Mermaid, Selena N., a.k.a. Valacy Raptor, B. Perky Always, Pat L., Achutha A., Lauren H., Talia, Ryan S., The Bone Duster, Robert Crisp, Wyatt F., Telekitty Creations, Fan Illustrator, Insert Requests, you know what, can you just draw Caldwell, Ploops, Carly A., Suicidal Lobster, Addy K., Spam Gaming, who's going to both Boston shows, fuck yeah, Connor Savage, Russell H., Christopher J., Pebblepot to the Deriders, my first D&D party, may all of our adventures be Wondrous, thank you for being my friends. Thank you for being my friends. Salil, Jack M, Leviathan, Biocourt 7, Amber Dextrous, Sullivan H, Trubhop Dropper, Jack H, Crabster, Champion of Crod, Scuttling Sideways Towards Tomorrow, Fanderay, Garble the Moist, Lindsay W, Juicy Kiwi, and Jake's Fire Squire Desire to Aspire to Spire Like Maguire. Okay. Valen, Carlin C, Emily S, Scrip Skipper, Harry Cox, nice, Noah the Bagel of all things, everything Bago, the Aladrin who just wants to hang out with his pet badger, Stripey, Laura, Dandy, Eric B, Marcos P, Jordan P, the occasional crit reporter, Court, a co-equal court solely for corn disputes, okay, learns the balance, Druid, Dayton M, Dakota JP, Frida M, Pagos, betrothed, self-proclaimed Faye Prince, Tracy P, the Crick Elf Librarian, Andy E, Holly Hyena, Kristen Z, the I will use what you love against you DM, Leah C, Paige H, Helen of Briz, May B, Pixel Stars, Akash Thakar, Kristen with a K, Cal, just Cal, Commodore Galaxy, Edison N, Russell H, a monk named Dilgo. Yes, the whole thing. Yes, every time. Neos and Simon rolling death saves in Dreamland. Has anyone heard his story in the shoutouts? 
Can an elder find him before a Nat 1? Keychain's Pentium 2 processor. Oh my God. Lorelai, the succubus, and Kira, her busty queen. Michael, the Esri pop idol. Morgan M, a peeling sticker. Stephen E, your friendly neighborhood. Yaunt and Yunkle, Andrew and Sid. John Adams, yes, like the president. Meg, the mail carrier of Bohemia. James F, Cap'n Cappy, M4L, Wayfarer, now trapped in the Feywild after not fully reading the terms and conditions of their legal settlement with Mothership, Andrew B, buzzing around, Sir Smut, Barpo Good, Barrel, Barbarian, and Brewer Emeritus of Waterdeep, Mary B, C, Melora Devotee, Pendergreen's Bodyguards, Moldy, Codpiece, Welshlander, Garrett G, One Big Curd, Mr. D, Dana D, Sean J, Ethan B, Renee the Monster Captain, Hop the Dancing Rabbit, Hope's Dagger, the only dagger of hope, Olivia the Enchanting Bard, who will be totally making money, and a grand novel on the Duck Team, Tales with an on-the-go, all the stops, show. Winter, Slade, Michaela R., Riley S., Fico, Angry Wheat, the game itself that has finally found himself. Ya boy, Anthony, who moved positions and can't listen to the podcast at work anymore. Oh man, well, sorry, and congratulations. Josh H., Jack the Jacks, Jinking Rogue, on the run with the Bahumia's balls. All right. Mango Empanadas, James B., Trogdor the Burninator, Clementine T., Caleb L.S. This message has been brought to you by fairies in support of hashtag CCC. Happy birthday, Pixie. Ponderful, the Pink Dragon, Alex R., Cantrip, Dumbledore, the Bear Wearing Onesie with a Bad Back, Papa Wookie, MJ, the BFG, Drinking Tea by the Sea, Dogs of Babel, Calvius Silverfang, Gino T, Mama Bell, the Silver Serpent herself, Fenir, Strawman, 18 Wheels of Rubber and Steel, Dr. Tulkas, Tizzy the Great, Derek D, Tristan G, Cal the Rabbit Runt, Jazzman and Fam, Architects of Pendergreen's Sick Plans, David N, Alpha Fortress, Alex K, Corn Daddy, the Starch Druid, Joshua P, Joshua P.S., Martin T., Alec Sande, and of course, Mandy K. Thank you all.